Hi, everyone, and welcome to The Next Big Thing in Health, a podcast from AHIP. I'm your co-host, Matt Isles. And I'm Laura Evans. Today, our guests are Dr. David Mino, National Medical Director of Orthopedic Surgery and Spinal Disorders at Cigna, and Dr. Douglas Metz, Executive Vice President and Chief Health Services Officer at American Specialty Health. We will talk to Dr. Mino and Dr. Metz about how health plans can improve care management for some very tricky issues to treat, musculoskeletal health concerns, and especially chronic pain. We'll also talk about the efforts health plans have undertaken to improve these conditions and evidence-based interventions for pain. Thanks for joining us today. Meet Zupari, the first and only CX platform created for health insurance. When it comes to building a better member experience, having the right tech is everything. With Zupari's CX platform, you're plugged into a powerful set of modern technology built specifically for this industry. With the member at the center of a well-orchestrated and personalized experience, everyone benefits. Meet your members where they are with engagement that has purpose. Zupari. Let's break through together. Why don't we go ahead and jump right in? And, uh, you know, we're going to be talking a bit today about pain because we know we have two experts here who are helping both health plans and patients find treatments that are affordable, evidence-based and value-based. And, you know, I did a little bit of research, you know, before this, and we know that pain impacts almost half of the population in some way. And that might be, you know, lower back pain, hip, osteoarthritis. And, you know, this is something that I think we all know with the pandemic has only been made worse. I know I sit around a lot more than I probably should and have uh, being uh, on Zooms and in other meetings and, uh, we know other people also, uh, you know, haven't been able to seek care. So maybe I'll, I'll start with this first question uh, for you, uh, 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 David. So in the wake of the opioid crisis, you know, have you seen increasing interest by employers and other plan sponsors about managing pain, especially with non-opioid interventions? Yeah, Matt, absolutely. Health plans and, and health service companies, including Cigna's Evernorth, as well as the medical profession and employers have all shown interest to better manage chronic pain more holistically and especially pain of a musculoskeletal origin, such as back pain and pain from osteoarthritis. Uh, increased access to physical therapy uh, early, including use of digital and virtual care, as well as behavioral integration with techniques such as cognitive behavioral therapy are all critical to reduce opioid utilization. Dr. Metz, um I wanna ask you a question, but just for a little background, American Specialty Health has been around for 35 years. You support more than 250 health plans and manage benefits for 55 million Americans. Um, tell us a little bit about some of the ways that you're supporting patients who need different kinds of therapies and also how the needs of different health plans that you support are changing, like for example, covering pain treatments that we're talking about today. Well, thanks, Laura, great question. Uh, first, a little bit about American Specialty Health. I mean, we provide benefit management for health plans in support of their benefits, specifically for chiropractic, physical therapy, acupuncture, and other non-surgical, non-pharmaceutical options for patients. We also provide some fitness benefit management as well, but specifically related to pain management, 
we're certainly seeing an increase in interest in offering coverage for evidence-based options to traditional musculoskeletal pain management because patients are looking for options. We're seeing that across, you know, I've been doing this for many, many years, as you identified, and uh, clearly there are increased interest by patients and therefore the carriers that provide benefits for those patients to cover options like uh, allied health and complementary care services. Um, specifically related to health plans, what we're seeing change in the market, uh, plans want to cover these complementary care options because they are a cost-effective and clinically beneficial and patients really want options. And they also want to see easier access and availability to earlier interventions so that patients have access to these services before they go to urgent care, before they're in the emergency room, before they need surgery. However, plans also want to make sure there's good oversight to make sure that these services are delivered in a cost-efficient, evidence-based manner. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and you know, through, I'd say over the past couple of years, especially, we've heard about how important it is to have a holistic approach um, to, uh, um, to healthcare, right? So it's not just about you know, medical uh, on one side, behavioral uh, on another side, but you know, how do we really have a, an integrated, uh, sustainable approach to achieve you know, healthy outcomes? What are you hearing from health plans today about covering complementary and integrative treatments for pain conditions in that regard? Thanks, Matt. Um, I'll, I'll take a, a stab at this one. And uh, Dr. Mina, certainly uh, you can give your thoughts as well. But clearly, there's been a, a rapid increase in the perspective of integrated health systems, just like you've mentioned in your question, that plans are looking for ways to bring a multifactorial, a multifaceted approach to patients that are dealing with pain. Because when you've seen one person with musculoskeletal pain, you've seen one person. There are a lot. There are so many variables from a biopsychosocial perspective. Bio meaning the muscles, joints, nerves, etc. The psychological behavior reaction that we all have when we have pain, and then how all that affects us socially, our ability to work, our ability to do our daily activities, and clearly finding solutions that allow patients to get the care that they need. Um, for that particular confluence of situations is what's really important. We're seeing health plans really strive to bring benefits online that allow patients access to these various needs based on what they particularly have to deal with. Dr. Mino, do you want to add to that? Yeah, I, I agree with Dr. what Dr. Metz has said, and I would, I would add that as, you know, the as the evidence-based medical literature has shown, a, a holistic approach really does improve outcomes. Uh, Cigna does cover complementary services such as acupuncture, as well as chiropractic and physical therapy through most clients as these services have shown to have uh, evidence of improved outcome and care. Equally, cognitive behavioral coaching and mindfulness are also available to Cigna customers. And, but the key here is to build a connected experience that guides members to high quality, low cost care and treatment options through a biopsychosocial approach. You know, this, this may include holistic and conservative approaches like Cairo and PT, 
or it may require more advanced and invasive procedures when appropriate, such as interventional pain uh, for, for back pain and or surgical procedures for back, hip, or knee. So there are many factors in, in patients' lives that improve or worsen their condition, and pain is notoriously tricky to solve. Dr. Metz, I want to um, go to you to talk about some of the ways that you're taking this on, and, and uh, Dr. Mino just mentioned this uh, biopsychosocial approach. How does that help musculoskeletal related uh, pain in patients? Thanks, Laura. Um, what I might add to Dr. Uh, Mino's last comment, for those listening today, if you haven't had a chance to review in detail the Health and Human Services Pain Management Task Force report that came out a couple of years ago, it's very, very worth a cover-to-cover -cover read and review. It really does address this topic that we're discussing today in a very, very effective manner, identifying where the evidence is today where it needs to be developed further. So clearly a good uh, good resource for those who are uh, working to help patients in the pain management space. To answer your question specifically about the uh, biopsychosocial approach to bringing therapies forward, first let's talk about the bio side. Because realistically that word biopsychosocial really does deal with all facets of the human experience when it comes to musculoskeletal pain. Clearly, physical therapy, chiropractic, acupuncture deal with the bio side, dealing with pain and movement. And clearly, what we are focused on in the evidence-based approach to the physical side, the bio side in a, a non-surgical approach, is in functional movement. They're really focused on active therapies rather than passive therapies. Be really goal-oriented to help patients focus on getting their function back. In years gone by, we spent a lot of time focusing on the pain, and the pain is what brings us into a clinic to get help, but the real goal is to focus on function, getting somebody moving appropriately, building the mobility, the strength, the flexibility that's necessary in joints and muscles and bones. But then in addition to that physical component, which chiropractic and physical therapy are really good at, pain causes a very significant and unique behavioral characteristic in patients. And each one of us who've experienced pain, each one of us who've managed patients with pain, know that some people manage it very effectively. They know what pain means. They know how to respond to it. Other folks need to learn. They need to change their cognition. And that's what we hear this term, cognitive behavioral therapy. It's a big word that just means I need to learn cognitive, learn how to behave differently. And essentially, the example I like to use is most of us, we feel a twinge in our low back. The first behavior we have is to sit down, when in reality, we need to change how we think, how our cognition works. And actually, when we have that twinge, twinge in our low back, we need to move. We need mm -hmm. to get up and move more, not sit. And so that's a change. That's a cognitive behavioral change of thinking, a reframing. I like that. And clearly that, that's a part of the recovery process. Um, and some folks uh, will receive that support. Oftentimes it's a communication that deals with helping patients understand the, we call referred to the neuroplasticity of the brain. And Dr. Mino may wanna mention a comment about that here in a minute, but clearly that's an important piece of the recovery. Then as those two pieces of the human experience come together, how we think about pain and how we move in recovery, we have to deal with all that in the context of our social environment. Can I actually get in and out of my car to drive to work? Do I have the support I need in order to recover appropriately? 
And so that's the social side that is important to the recovery process. Very interesting. I use it or lose it at mindset, right? <laughs> that's right. Exactly right. Those are great examples. And, and maybe we could just go a little deeper on the biopsychosocial treatment of pain and what it means, uh, practically speaking, uh, for patients. And I think this question is probably for, for both of you. Um, I, I know that you've entered into a partnership focused on biopsychosocial bio uh, interventions. And my understanding of this is that it's combining therapy, cognitive behavioral approaches, and, and other tactics to patient management. What, do you, what are some of the benefits uh, to this approach? And you know, are these typically covered by health plans? And what are some of the results we're seeing? Well, I'll take a start at that. And then yeah. uh, Dr. Mino can what help part? us too. And clearly the cognitive behavioral interventions have multi, multifaceted ways of being delivered. Let's say it that way, Matt. And in our project we did with uh, Cigna, American Specialty Health and Cigna got together and tested the cognitive behavioral intervention um, for chronic low back pain and found it to be very effective. And uh, Dr. Mino can speak a little bit more to that here in a second. But as I mentioned earlier, it's really about helping folks understand what pain means and how to respond to it effectively. When you feel that sensation of pain, how do I deal with it? Uh, pain does have a effect, actually it's a biological effect on the brain. And especially in chronic pain patients, chronic pain sets up various neural pathways in the spinal cord as well as in the brain that result in how a behavior that is not necessarily effective or helpful in recovery or in managing that chronic pain. The cognitive behavioral therapy is very much about teaching patients, teaching individuals how to recover. And we found that in our study that we've recently published with our Cigna colleagues, that it is a useful tool in chronic pain. Uh, Dr. Mino, I'll turn to you to give some additional details. Yeah, I, I totally agree. Uh, the, you know, the management of, of pain, really that whole holistic biopsychosocial approach, as you've already explained, Doug, um, it really helps in two ways. One is to reduce the likelihood of someone becoming chronic if, we, if, if they're managed more earlier on, but it also is better it also to help those with chronic pain better deal with it. As, as you've mentioned, you know, studies have shown Manstor and, and others that the, the, the brain goes through change it's what we call neuroplasticity, where the brain adapts in a maladaptive way to chronic pain. And part of the, the um, psychological uh, and behavioral interventional component is to help retrain the brain to better be able. It isn't always that all your pain will go away, but it, also, it is primarily to help you understand it, to reduce your fear avoidance and catastrophizing, but then also to be able to more functionally deal with this so you, you can go on with your life and still have a quality life. But when you also look at chronic pain, it could further be experienced in an enhanced way, particularly for individuals already have an underlying stress, anxiety, or depression diagnosis. So addressing not only the medical condition, but also the behavioral and any social determinants of health for that individual who may not have access to some of the services as easily as some others through either services that might be delivered digitally or virtually are all key part of that biopsychosocial experience. As, as uh, Dr. Metz stated, that paper that uh, 
we uh, and study that we had done together with both companies, really in part uh, has the success of that has also uh, led each of our companies to uh, you know expand in this whole area of coaching services. And Cigna is even further engaging innovative groups, particularly in the behavioral space, for um, to help further partner with digital and virtual services. Wow, that's a lot to think about. If you know a patient who may have chronic pain, maybe depression. <laughs> and doesn't have access to reliable transportation, all right? And how are you going to get from one place to another And when you're already in? I mean, there's so many different mm-hmm. components to that. That's really interesting to think about. Zapari, we're on a mission to make health insurance better for everyone. Our unique and exclusive health insurance focus allows us to create solutions that help you acquire and retain members, capitalize on operational efficiencies, boost satisfaction, and improve member outcomes. We offer unparalleled consumer insights and API-first configurable solutions that add lift to your existing investments with experts that passionately advocate for technology that does what it promises, deliver value and improve the health insurance experience. Zapari, let's break through together. So I know Cigna uh, uses advanced analytics. Data is so important uh, these days to really understand how to you know, prioritize the clinical actions that will make a difference uh, in patients' lives and, and also make care more affordable. Can you maybe share a little bit more about this approach and what key outcomes Cigna has reported related to the treatment of pain? Yeah, happy to, Matt. You know, it's an exciting area. You know, it's it's really critically uh, important that we identify engaged members at, at elevated risk of musculoskeletal related issues you know, early in their health journey and not just when they're so advanced and potentially already on opioids or seeking surgery. So earlier is is critical to be able to impact and help that individual. So, but predicting that risk alone is not enough. At at Cigna, we use advanced analytics to prioritize the uh, clinical actions that will drive behavior change and bend the uh, musculoskeletal cause trajectory. Uh, Through all of our dedicated musculoskeletal efforts, we're trying to close gaps in care, uh, lower total medical costs, and, and improve outcomes. You know, our current predictive analytics can identify those at risk of a uh, potential musculoskeletal surgery with a high degree of accuracy. Uh, for example, we can predict a back surgery or hip or knee replacement surgery up to 270 days in advance with 83% accuracy. And that gives us the ability to take um, uh, steps to help that customer potentially avoid surgery if it's not needed or to help support the customer find a quality provider. So outside of clinical care, are there any treatments that patients, providers, and health plans should be prioritizing right now? We know that Cigna provides access to physical therapy, chiropractic, and other interventions. So what's important about these approaches and what should we be prioritizing? You know, Laura, you know, since the more than a third, about 35% of musculoskeletal patients also have claims related to behavioral health, it's really imperative to address both medical and behavioral conditions holistically, as we've been stating. Um, the average spend on musculoskeletal patients with a behavioral health condition is two-thirds higher uh, compared to uh, patients with a bad, without a behavioral uh, health uh, diagnosis. 
Studies have also shown that early physical therapy engagement, especially for back pain, reduces future need for interventional pain and surgical interventions, which often go on and on uh, without really producing an effective long-term relief of that pain in many situations. So providing access to individuals who uh, can help guide care by clinical experts in bone, joint, and spinal health, along with use of digital tools, uh, we can empower people to take control of their health and open up access to behavioral health support, physical therapy, chronic condition health coaching, navigational support, smoking cessation, weight loss, and nutrition programs, and more. Wow. So through the pandemic, we've heard so much about telemedicine, and I'm really interested Right. It seems like pain management is something that's probably carried out in person more often. But, you know, is there a way that Cigna has been able to implement telemedicine across these types of medical conditions? Yeah, Matt, uh, you know, Cigna is really transforming virtual care into whole person health and virtual care. And that became a game changer during the COVID pandemic, which now provides a delivery channel for a large breadth of services uh, through this, uh, through virtual care. You know, it's really important to meet individuals where they're at, which may be more convenient through either an on-site digital or virtual experience for not only medical, but also physical therapy and behavioral care. As mentioned earlier, as part of social determinants of health, this might be a, a easier for someone to engage digitally or virtually, particularly when an on-site service is either not available or more convenient for the customer, or when they need to have access to these types of services after normal you know, working hours or on weekends, such as uh, ASH is providing through the virtual PT program and MD Live provides for urgent and behavioral care, care services. Um, you know, We found that uh, during the pandemic, r- virtual, care for behavioral uh, had remained consistently high uh, since the beginning of the pandemic at around 60%. We are in now increasing contract with, with fully virtual provider groups and vendors to expand access for multiple services, as, as, uh, as I mentioned. I could add to that, Dave. You know, in our experience with physical therapy, as you mentioned in your comment, Matt, we typically think of physical therapy being delivered in hands-on, in person. And the idea of telerehabilitation or telehealth or physical therapy is perceived to be somewhat new, though. It's been out there for quite a while, and there's some very good studies published to show the value of a virtually delivered uh, engagement with a physical therapist um, directly. So a live physical therapist providing a conversation, exercises, advice to an individual using the same uh, tools that we're using today, synchronous video or synchronous audio. And clearly, virtual engagement with a physical therapist who provides that functional movement exercise, advice about the use of modalities such as heat or ice or mobility aids, things like that, can really help a lot of patients with musculoskeletal conditions where they don't need to go into a clinic. Now, some do. Obviously, some patients are going to need hands-on for chiropractic or physical therapy type treatments. However, there are many patients who could benefit and would do benefit from a uh, telemedicine, a virtual experience for uh, physical therapy. I want to bring up value-based care programs and, and the role of them when it pertains to pain management. Dr. Metz, do you want to tackle that? Talk about the role of value-based care programs in pain management? I'll touch on this. And I know Dr. Mino and his team 
have done a lot with value-based care in their work with their orthopedic practitioners and others. In the world of complementary care, allied health, uh, value-based programs are in the very early stages of development and uh, clearly something that will be seen over the months and years ahead where we begin to, it all has to do with data analytics and understanding the, the course of care that a patient needs and then how to uh, reimburse and provide support to providers for really effective outcomes during that episode of care. I have to say that it's in an early phase of development relative to the uh, provider services that we manage. Though I know with Dr. Mino and his team, they've been doing value-based care in certain aspects of their work for, for decades. But Dr. Mino? Yeah, I'm happy to expand on a little bit further, Laura, uh, from Cigna's perspective. And I spent a large part of my time in this in the value-based care program work that we're doing. Not specifically at this point, uh, I'd say totally for pain management, but at least uh, at, at this point today, we, we do have some physical therapists that you know are, are more on a, a kind of a case rate approach rather than just each visit. And that's, that's work that we're, we're uh, area that we're working on. But I, I would say currently Cigna is really focused primarily on value-based surgical procedures. Cigna has a bone and joint health benefit which is available today for individuals experiencing back, hip, knee, or shoulder uh, pain um, and seeking surgery. The benefit offers easy access to high quality providers and facilities. There's really a, a low to zero cost for the customer for surgery and the pre and post surgical support and guidance is included. You know, this benefit really encourages patients considering specific orthopedic uh, surgical procedures to select a, a high quality surgeon um, it provides the right care at the right time from an appropriateness perspective. Uh, only providers that have really gone through a, a rigorous vetting process and signed attestations confirming that they've had additional training, such as a fellowship, uh, and, conf and uh, confirm that they perform that specific procedure and do it in a sufficient uh, volume to uh, support proficiency are admitted as preferred uh, benefit providers for this program. And then uh, for patients with signet administered plans, this benefit helps to really reduce costs, eliminate unnecessary procedures, and maintain or improve surgical outcomes and improve employee return to work. So we're really excited about this program. The benefits so far uh, has shown about a 30%, 36% fewer complications and about 23% fewer readmissions using these high quality providers. Oh, that's great. Yeah, I do think the future, though, we will be able to expand beyond just surgery, but that's mm -hmm. currently where we are today. Wow, that's so interesting. And, and I've learned a lot today about all of these different connections that we haven't spent a lot of time, uh, you know, talking about here uh, before today. So, you know, thinking about the future, and this is a question we like to ask uh, all of our guests here, um, and maybe I'll start with Dr. Metz here. So, what do you think is the next big thing in health? Well, that's a uh, big question, Matt. In my opinion, I think the next big thing in health is to get right what has always been the big thing in health, which is patient-centered deployment of services that is equitable, cost-efficient, and clinically effective. That's always been the big thing in health. And we all use different words to describe that, I think, but whether it's a health plan bringing, you know, best in class benefits, whether it's providers bringing best in class evidence-based services, that patient-centered 
uh, equitable care is what we strive for. I think the next big thing, focusing on next, is working as a society, as organizations, to make sure that that type of care is delivered to everyone, uh, not just conceptually and not just a few, but every person that needs care gets that level of care. I think the next big thing is that continued focus on uh, equitable, high-quality, cost-efficient healthcare. All right, Dr. Mina, for you, next big thing in health. Yeah, I said, I, you know, I really only have to start by looking at Cigna's mission, which is to improve health, well-being, and peace of mind for those we serve. And, you know, the expansion of value-based care, I think we were just touching on that a little bit, but, you know, that is truly fully integrated, coordinated, and seamless across the entire patient journey, not just when they need surgery, but when they first present with symptoms of, say, back pain or hip or knee arthritis is critical, you know, and, and also using both... Um, digital support, as well as high quality in-person care, you know, that not only helps us do that, but it also leads to improved health outcomes and lowers total costs, particularly around the you know, high cost conditions such as musculoskeletal. That to me is uh, the next big thing. Zapari helps health plans break through barriers and empower members to take charge of their own healthcare journeys. Our superior member experience solution is the one-stop shop for CX with intuitive portals, robust and data-driven CRM systems, and a CX engagement hub. Plans can break through the barriers to drive members toward healthier actions through optimized self-service, fewer calls, less paper, reduced overall costs, higher star ratings, and best-in-class management. Zapari, let's break through together. Great conversation. Appreciate both of your insight and uh, expertise. It's been very enlightening. Appreciate yes. it. Thanks so much Thank for being with us.